0: Amen. What a beautiful Lord's Day. What a beautiful time of worship we've had. What an awesome God we serve. Amen. If you would turn with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And we will be talking about the Good Shepherd this morning, Uh, and I would like to present my lesson from verses 1 through 18. And you know, I can't help but when I think about the Good Shepherd, think about Psalms 23, you know. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Bible times, the shepherd, when he'd go down for the night, he would uh, hire a worker or a doorkeeper, and they would stand in front of the sheepfold. The sheepfold being a four-walled uh, area where the sheep would come in, whether it was rocks or however it was designed, and then it had an open door frame. And the doorkeeper would sleep right there at the door to protect the sheep and keep the sheep in and watch for people coming... Uh, thieves or things coming in and out, wild animals. And then when the morning came, the shepherd would come back and he would step at the door and he would call for his sheep. And sometimes there was a group of uh, of uh, shepherds that would put their sheep together in these uh, sheepfolds. So when the shepherd would come to the door and he would call for his sheep, only his sheep would come. Only his sheep would hear his voice. And this morning I want to, as we talk about the good shepherd, I want to encourage you with five points that we can be encouraged uh, this morning by the good shepherd if he truly is your shepherd. If you truly are the sheep of the Good Shepherd, the first thing to consider this morning is that the voice of the Good Shepherd is heard by His sheep. Look with me, uh, John chapter 10, uh, verses 1 through 5. Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, For they do not know the voice of strangers. He says that when the doorkeeper opens and the shepherd, he, the, the doorkeeper steps up and he lets the shepherd come to the front, that his sheep hear his voice. If we say that we are the sheep of the good shepherd, how do we follow his voice? You know, I preached just several months ago. We talked about this story about the blind man and and I talked a little bit about us following that voice. But, you know, you can't really ever preach enough about following the voice of the Lord, right? I mean, we all need to do that for success, right? In order for you to follow the voice, you've got to hear it first. Think about it. Most of us, we hear the voice of the Lord if we're reading our Bibles, if we're uh, reading them during the week, if we're reading them at any time uh, you know, at night or in the morning or whenever. We hear the voice of the Lord if we come to worship, right? And uh, we, we hear the Scriptures being read and we think about them. We're hearing the voice of the Lord if we're engaged in Bible studies, right? Personal or with other people, we hear the voice. But us in the New Testament don't actually hear the voice audibly anymore. That is not something that we as New Testament Christians have the ability to do, is hear God speak to us audibly but see what Jesus says in verse 4 and when he brings out his sheep he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they hear his voice they not only hear his voice they follow it because they recognize it if another shepherd tried to come and lead another shepherd's flock the sheep wouldn't follow their voice right because they don't recognize it. If we're going to be the sheep of the Good Shepherd and hear His voice, how do we follow it? When you hear it, you receive it in your brain, right? If you read it, you receive it in your brain. And then you either accept it or you don't accept it, right? Right? and then you react according to how you're going to accept it. Doesn't that make sense? I'm I'm not no scientist or anything, but I think that's right. When I read something and I don't agree with it, then I'm not going to do it. Is that right? But if I agree with something, I'm going to do it. Well, whether I agree with it or not, if I'm going to follow the voice of the shepherd, i got to do it, Right? Whatever he says to do, I have to do it or I'm not following the shepherd. You know, and I think about that, and I think about James 1, and 25. He says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, he looks at himself, and then goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. But he, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, Listen, brethren, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So not only do I hear it, not only do I read it, or it's preached to me or whatever, but I accept what it says and then I do it. I'm following the Good Shepherd. Number two, if we are the sheep of the Good Shepherd... We realize we are saved and have pasture, green pasture, right? God, Jesus wouldn't give you some dried up, non watered dirt pasture, would He? No, He's gonna give you some good green pasture to eat off of. What a comforting thing to know that you are in Christ, amen. Look at verses 7 through 10. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. When I think about going in the door, I think about Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, right? Those spiritual blessings that come in Christ, you know, the one that uh, you're holy and without blame in Christ... You know that spiritual blessing that you're adopted as a son? You're actually a son of God in Christ. What a spiritual blessing. Here's another one. You're redeemed by His blood. Amen? You're made known the mystery that not only Jews, not only Gentiles can be saved... It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. It doesn't matter if you're African. If you're European. It doesn't matter what you are. You're all one in Christ. You're all saved. You all have the same ability. You also have an inheritance in heaven because you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You remember? You were baptized into Christ... You were baptized into His name and you received the gift of the Holy Spirit which is that pledge that when He comes back and gets the church, you get to go. When we as sheep step through the door spiritually thinking which is Jesus Christ, we definitely have good pastures but look what He says at the end of that. He says, and we'll go in and out and find pastures. In our green pastures are the spiritual blessings we receive from the Lord. Out our green pastures are the blessings that come from obeying what He tells us to do in the world we live in. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? In the world we live in, we can still have green pastures by following what Jesus tells us to do. At your job, with your family, with your money, or with your friends. Green pastures come in and out of the door. In, because you know you're His. And guess what? Out, because you know you're His. In or out, wherever I'm at, I'm in Christ, because I'm the sheep of the Good Shepherd. Colossians 3.17, one of my favorite verses that I always quote, but it's so true for right here. And whatever you do in word or deed... Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father, guess what? Through Him. Oh man, that's powerful. Through Him. I'm blessed by being in and I'm blessed by being out of the door. I find pastures anywhere. Because I'm the sheep of the Good Shepherd and He provides for me. But you know what? I'm so glad that Jesus is the door and not me, right? I'm glad I'm not the door. I'm glad I'm not the leader. And I want you to think about this. He, he's presenting this green pastures, these pastures, and people you'll be saved, and, and you'll find these pastures in and out. But while he's talking about this, he throws in a character. He throws in something a slithering sneaky trickster lion kind of character, right? A thief. Look at verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And he can do it in a variety of ways like we talked about in Bible class. False prophets, friends, however he can. The third thing to consider this morning. If we are the sheep of the good shepherd, we must, listen brethren, we must recognize that just because we have access to the door, now hear me, Access to the door doesn't mean the thief won't come. Huh? Just because we have access to the door don't mean the thief ain't going to come. The fact that we are in Christ does not mean that the thief's not going to come and try to steal some stuff from us. Because we still live where? We still live in this world where it's sinful. We still live in this world where we make bad decisions, where people aren't always good people, right? Even if you're the strongest prayer, know the most Scriptures. Member of the Lord's church. You're an elder. You're a deacon. The thief is coming. He's coming. Jesus tells us more than just right here. He tells us all throughout the scriptures, through the apostles, through all of the inspired writers. The thief is coming. If someone said to you, Look, I don't know the exact day or time, all right, but this thief is coming to your house. There's a thief that's going to come to your house. He's coming. What would you do? Leave all your, Open all your windows up. Throw away all your keys. Unlock every door. Take the locks actually off the door. Bring all your valuable. Make sure you get, I get all Aaron's jewelry and set it up on the front porch. Get all my clothes, set them out for a yard sale. Hey, man, just come and check them out, man. Whatever you want, just, just take it, man. Get all your guns and weapons, get rid of them. No. You'd prepare yourself, right? you get your weapons ready. you check all your doors. You knew that the thief... Was coming. Hey, brethren, the thief is coming. And he wants us. Sometimes we feel uh, in our lives that uh, I, I can't stand up to these tribulations, I can't stand up to these pressures or temptations. Doesn't God love me? Doesn't he care about me? He allows me to work with people that don't even love the Lord. He don't love me. How could he? He put me in this place so I could struggle. He put me in this place where I could doubt my faith. Where is he when I'm struggling with my addiction? Where is He when I'm struggling with with things in my life that I can't overcome? Where is He? Look at the end of verse 10. I have come that they may have life. And that they may have it more abundantly. The fourth thing to consider this morning... If we are sheep of the Good Shepherd, we must know without a doubt that He is our protector. Amen. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. That's why I've come. Not to make you follow these rules so you can be a real boring type of person. Not so you can follow these rules and never have fun in your life. I came to give you life and I came to give it more abundantly. I don't have to worry about sin and I don't have to worry about uh, hiding my uh, adulterous relationship from my wife because I'm doing the right thing. I'm talking the right way. The thief, he comes to steal your joy, your passion, your desire. He comes to kill your faith, your love for the Lord, kill your relationship with him, with the king. He comes to destroy your marriage, to destroy your relationship with your kids. Destroy your relationship with your family. With your brothers and sisters in Christ. He wants to put that doubt and anger and fear and frustration, paranoia. He wants to put all those things in your head and do all those things to you. If you're doubting your faith this morning on whether or not you're A sheep, or if it's worth it to be a sheep. Let me tell you something. The shepherd is here. Hey, trickster. Hey, liar. Hey, thief. Hey, wolf. Guess what? The shepherd's here and he's going to protect me. I ain't scared of no wolf. Jesus ain't scared of no wolf. Huh? Look at verses 11 and 13. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, the one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Jesus says, the good shepherd ain't no hired hand. Because the when the wolves come, when the wolves come, they'll run. So how do we fight Satan and his tricks? How do we fight these wolves? By doing exactly what the good shepherd tells us to do. Standing on His Word. Amen? Do we know His Word? Are we following it? Do we want to? Do we want to have success? Or do we want to keep getting, keep getting bit by, by some wolves? A wolf bite probably hurts. Think about what the wolf comes to do. He comes to scatter you. He wants to scatter you. Why? Because he wants to isolate you. (laughs) He wants to get you away from the pack, right? You remember the story when Jesus says he left the 99 and he goes after the 1? And yes, we can pull many uh, lessons out of that. He knew that there was strength in the pack. He knew the 99 together was, could fight it better than the one by itself. What does Satan want to do? Scatter you so he can isolate you, so he can destroy you. Hey, he ain't playing no games. Satan is not playing games. He knows what's going to happen to him. He knows he's out and boy he would just love to get you in the same area all by yourself and that's why you think about 1 Peter 5:8 i said it last sunday night but i it's so be sober and be vigilant be calm and collected be watching be vigilant be ready for him be waiting for those hey man it may be the best Thing that you think ever come into your life, and Satan using it, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I don't want to get up this morning. I'm too tired. Everyone probably is already talking about me anyway. I can't understand Scripture anyway, so what's the point? I'm still struggling and sin. Nobody calls me. Nobody checks on me. The church have found head. They don't even understand what I'm going through. So what's the point? Satan wants to scatter us, put us on an island. He wants to isolate us. So then you think about God's Word standing on what He says and Hebrews 10.25 should become clear. Not forsaking the assembling together. Not sleeping in. Because God wants to put doubt in you. He wants you to be here to remember the Lord, what He did. He, He wants you here to remember His death. He wants you to be here so you can encourage the brethren. He wants you to be here so you can worship Him together. Yes, we can worship by ourselves. I'm not saying that. But what God has set for us in His Word is for our best interest. Jesus ain't scared of no wolf. Are you? The more you're struggling, the more you need to be with the saints. The more you're doubting, the more you need to be with the saints. The good shepherd set it up to protect you with his rod and with his staff. Hey sheep, will we let him? Are we isolating ourselves from the fold because of doubt? Because of people gossiping about you? Are we letting the thief come in, doing what he wants to do? Because he don't care about you. Because as soon as you fall away, see ya, I'm out of here. I got what I needed. Number five, the last point, as I close quickly. If we are the sheep of the good shepherd, we see victory in him. The wolf tried to ch- attack the sh- shepherd, didn't he? The wolf tried to... T- the one standing there to protect you, the wolf even tried to attack him, didn't he? Huh? You remember Zechariah thirteen seven? 7? What, what's the prophecy? Strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter, right? Look at verses 17 and 18 really quickly. Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Jesus said that he laid his life down because he wanted to. Nobody made him do it. He wanted to do it. Because he loves his sheep. He says, I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up. Can you imagine how Satan felt when Jesus got up? When he got up. As sheep of the good shepherd, we have the ultimate victory because we will be just like him. Listen to this. But now, 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death... By man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are Christ at His coming. Then comes the end when He delivers the kingdom to the Father and He puts all an end to all rule and all authority and power. We have victory in Christ. We have victory in the Good Shepherd. Are you His sheep? Are you here today and you need to come back to the fold? Have you forgotten those things? You can. You can. Absolutely can. Are you, uh, have you fallen away and you've been unfaithful? It's okay. You can make it right. Jesus said you can repent. Repent. You have that option. You can repent. His blood allowed that. To ask for forgiveness and He will forgive you. Are you here this morning and you need to become a sheep? A child of God? A Christian? You absolutely can. And you do that by obedience to the Gospel. Believing that Jesus is who He said He was. Being buried and rose again by repenting of your sins and turning from your old ways. Not continuing to live in them, but repenting and turning from them. And be willing to confess in front of men that you believe in this Jesus, the Son of the living God. And then being baptized in water because this magical water, no, my friend. This water of obedience... When you are baptized or immersed into water, you are making a pledge of a good conscience to the Father. You are obeying, you are reenacting what Jesus did, the first fruit. You are being just like Him. And the Bible says that your sins will be washed away. Child of God. And you can begin that journey to follow Him. When He speaks, you follow. What He tells you to do, He'll follow. And guess what? You'll have green pastures. And one day get to be with Him in heaven. He said, if your faith faithful unto death, you will receive the crown of life. Amen? I want that crown. You want that crown? If you do, come right now. It's together we stand and sing.